Hey everybody, John Millen, Benefit Hackers. Today I want to share something that I think might be valuable and it's related to a term called adverse selection. I know it's a geeky insurance term that um, that it's one of the things you learn when you get licensed to sell insurance. It's a phrase that's used a lot called adverse selection and essentially what it means is um, if you have a group of people, let's say 10 people, um, and three of those 10 really, really want the insurance because they're going to use it more than normal, they will come into the plan and adversely affect the, um, the, the usage and the claims. I'm probably close in my definition, but essentially it's a term that means insurance companies try to minimize adverse selection because what it means is all the I'm not going to say sick and unhealthy people but the people that use a plan the most drive up the usage and claims and it offsets the the balance of insurance insurance is built on law the law of large numbers right hang with me for a second I am getting to a good point here but so I'm talking to someone today and really interesting case. It's in the restaurant industry. That's all I'd like to say at this point. Um, and as Forrest Gump would say, that's all I got to say about that, Gen A. So it's in the restaurant industry and essentially about 400 employees, but only about 50 are taking medical. And they got whacked with a 30% increase. So um, my friend reached out to me and said, hey, just, you know, let's see if you can help me. Let's talk it out a little bit. And it's really fascinating um, when that's going on. So a couple lessons learned. Number one is most likely um, this company is being rated more than just in the community rating pool. They are being rated um, probably some kind of mix. So it's part community, part their own usage or maybe it's mostly their own usage because every insurance carrier health carrier they have little different techniques on how they look at that group so for instance if you were the insurance company and you knew that there was a, a pool of 400 people that could buy insurance right let's they're benefit eligible employees and you knew that they could buy insurance but only 50 did which of the 50 do you think are going to be most interested in enrolling in that plan? According to adverse selection, it's the people that are probably going to use it the most, right? They see the most value, so they want to get into that plan for protection. They want to get that coverage. So that group of people, even though it's less than 50 on the medical plan, it might be rated based on their own usage, maybe underwritten based on how much they use it, which is why they're maybe getting whacked 30% increase. And these are pretty, pretty, I'm not going to say real high deductible plans, but they're pretty good deductibles in place. So the first lesson learned is understanding when adverse selection might be at play. Looking at that scenario, I'm thinking, okay, I think that's probably what's going on because a 30% increase in the community ratings, uh, just a general community rating is probably a little high from what I've seen. You know, I don't know all the specifics, but 
plastic and that's maybe what what's going on um there could be some other factors it could be weighted to a certain age demographic or male female mix or the the industry itself can affect medical rates it's a very complicated formula it's not simple math from the insurance side and i'm not trying to make it that it is i'm just saying this is what's going on so adverse selection may be affecting that so i'm like okay and the, the question came up, should we bid it, send it to another carrier for a competitive quote? And I said, well, absolutely. I mean, sure, if you can. You know, it's November, early November. It's a January 1. If you have time to do that, there's a lot of work you have to do sometimes to get a competitive quote with something like that. We have 400 people. You have to send the census with 400 people. You just don't send it with the 40 or so that are on the plane. And so... Most likely, when you do that, they're going to view that as as uh, not a community-rated group because they're going to know of the adverse selection. And so I said, you know, a 30% increase might be what you're kind of stuck with because of, because of what's going on. I'm not saying you give up. I'm not saying you accept it. I'm saying understanding the terminology and some how this works not knowing all the details, right? We don't work for the insurance company. We don't we don't calculate the rates. We just try to be strategic. So I said, why don't we definitely get a quote, get another quote, see what happens, find out, ask the questions about how they're going to rate it and underwrite it. Don't go in blind and say, hey, here, you know, just give me the rates. You need to know how it's rated and how it's underwritten. That's really crucial information when you talk to the client about that. Because if it truly is being looked at as more usage-based or claim-based, then we need to start addressing the root cause of the claims if you can, right? Because you're going to continue to have this problem. When we look out on a five- or six-year projection, it's what we talk about. We say, you know, let's just not look at one year, but what, what happens if it actually goes up 30% every year? For five years, you're in serious trouble financially. And the coverage is in trouble because the employees, you're not going to have much coverage left. And and then you're going to have an issue with attracting employees, retaining employees. So you have an issue you've got to deal with more than just today for this uh, 20 or 30% renewal increase. Is this making sense? So they also have two plan options. So one of the things I'm going to look at is let's eliminate two options and have one. No, actually have three. Sorry. They have three options for 40-some people and a large number of eligibles. They might be penalized. There might be a rate load on those rates because they have multiple options. It's another way of preventing adverse selection. An insurance company will load the rates two three percent four percent to counteract the the movement of people into a higher use plan right again back to adverse selection so i said let's see if we can get away with one plan and we're not going to strip out the benefits we're going to go to one plan and we're going to use the zero deductible solution that i've talked about you can go back and listen about how we fill first dollar coverage and these are special type of insurance products we use that are meant for this particular situation. So it's not like just throwing in, um, you know, just a simple accident plan. Although that is could be a component sometimes, but that's, that doesn't do the whole trick. You need a more robust 
gap solution. So that might be, so that's what we're going to look at is that and maybe eliminate the plans and provide a lot of first dollar coverage. Now, why would I do that? Why, why do I want to give people protection out of the gate? And here's the other nugget that I'm going to share. Um, and this is backed by lots of different articles and, and researches. You can Google this. But what's happened in the last decade, as deductibles have doubled or tripled, the general employee population has delayed or canceled care because of the cost. As much as 30 or 40 or 50% of the people are canceling or postponing medical treatment because of the because it's the out-of-pocket cost for them is so much they don't have people don't have two thousand dollars in their savings account or checking account to pay for it so what they do is they say you know let's let my shoulder go a little longer it's not that painful i don't need surgery yet and what happens when you delay care on an issue that doesn't go away does it get more expensive or less expensive usually gets more expensive So what's happening is you're pushing the can down the road to a point where that shoulder needs reconstructive um, surgery, right? So what would have been maybe a $1,500 MRI to check it, to put it in a sling for two months to prevent it from blowing out has now become shoulder surgery, which is $150,000 surgery and a disability claim and everything that goes with it, right? So now you've pushed that claim into the plan because they were afraid to go to the doctor because of their expense. So what we do is we add in that first dollar coverage. So I hope this is helping because, you know, the conversation started with, hey, you know, let's let's quote some other carriers. I said, yeah, let's that's fine. Don't be surprised, though, when you quote this particular one that they're going to look at this as a large group. And they're going to underwrite it as its as its actual usage. So yeah, you're probably you might get hit really hard this first year, or you may get hammered next year because they don't really know the claims history yet, unless you can provide it to them, which they don't have access to it. So the other thing was that this the owner of the company wanted claims data. Why? Because they want to control the cost. They want to see what they can do to help with the cost. And so. Adverse selection, I think, is seriously at play here. The second is I think there's a lot of delayed care going on just based on the demographics. Um, the income ranges, I think people are not getting treatment when they have to come out of pocket $5,000 for something. So what we're going to do is redesign, go to one plan if possible, do a zero deductible solution, get, fill the gap on the front end so that they feel comfortable going and getting a test, an MRI, CAT scan, CT scan, surgery. They get me to the hospital. You know, they have this coverage that that keeps those large claims from hammering the group. Because here's the last thing I will share, something I've learned. Actually, I'll save this for the next one because it's such a, it's an interesting topic about Claims are claims are claims, no matter what kind of deductible you have. So adverse selection is my topic of the day. I know it's really boring, but you know what? It's a key lever when you look at risk. And if you don't understand the terminology and what's going on in the back end, you have no shot of controlling your costs in the next three to five years. Hope this is helpful. Let me know if I can ever help you for second opinion, quick chat 
guidance. I'm pretty easygoing. Check us out at benefithackers.com and we'd be glad to help you out. Have a great day.